action. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Your Average Critics, drawing in 100. Uh, joined today by Obi, as usual. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm not too bad. It makes me sad that 94 episodes ago, there was five of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life, man. Life gets and, um, sometimes. And that's just you and I. <laughs> that's the way it was meant to be, man. I know, I know. But anyway, fuck Joe. Um, <laughs> can't really blame Molly. <laughs> uh, but today, um, I've seen a couple of things. Not too much, but you've also seen a couple of things in the cinema and on Netflix. And, uh, well, I don't think there's any film news... Um, I've got only a only like one thing really is the um, that Zoe Kravitz has been cast as um, Catwoman. Catwoman. Oh, is that a fish? I thought that was just yeah, a yeah, that's official, I believe. Okay. In uh, the new Batman film, which is going to be in 2021, I think. Okay. Um, and they also cast um, well, no, this this one I think is still a rumor, but um, is it Jeffrey? Jeffrey something, Jeffrey Wright or Jeffrey Morgan or something like that, as of Commissioner Gordon. Uh, well, there's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's Negan in Walking Dead, or there's Jeffrey Wright, who is he's in like uh, one of the James Bond films. I think it's the I think it's the latter. I think it's the okay. latter. Yeah, okay. Jeffrey Wright, just... um, mm. another person of color, along with Zoe Kravitz. Um, yep. To be honest. I haven't seen a lot of outrage, which I was, which is surprising because I normally see like loads of people getting really angry about you know these traditionally white characters being cast by uh, as people of color. I just think it's despicable that they're not casting cats. <laughs> there's a lot of feline actors and actresses that are missing out. Like there's that entire film called Cats that they're not casting felines. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're gonna watch that when it comes out. Uh, out of morbid curiosity, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna watch um, it. But I guess, do you reckon that this casting then marks a turning point in maybe public reception that, do you know what, doesn't actually matter the colour of the character's skin because at the end of the day, they are a comic book character. And when they were written, most people uh, working in that industry were Caucasian and therefore it's reflective of that. And it's nice to have um, characters of color that aren't in their name their color do you know what i mean like black panther black lightning you know <laughs> it's not white iron man um but hey ho yeah so that's that's good um i think both those actors are decent uh zoe kravitz was last in um big little eyes which i enjoyed she's in fantastic beast as well isn't she oh yeah mm, less keen on that but wasn't um, what's his face? Jonah Hill was rumored to be playing. Yeah, but um, I, I don't think it'd be decent casting. But... Yeah, it would have been nice, but I think he's uh, I don't think he's in talks anymore. I'm not sure what happened, but I think yeah, talks broke down. Oh, and they cast some of, some other guy, something Dano as um. Oh, Paul Dano. Yeah, as um, I think he's the Riddler. I think. Okay. Well, he's a he's a decent actor as well. Um, mostly in like indie stuff from what I've seen but um, yeah no that's good casting I'm, I'm intrigued to see what it is yeah. um, is this like a one and done or I feel like it's going to be like a soft ish reboot but not as if like 
not as if like um I don't think it's going to be set in like the present day, basically. So you know, how, I think the the next Wonder Woman is going to be set in eight, 1984. I think I feel like this um it's going to like follow from that timeline onwards. So I feel like this Batman will probably be set in like maybe like early two thousands, and then the rest of the films will kind of go from from there, kind of thing. That would sort of make Joker um, canon, wouldn't it? Maybe. Because that's set in, like, the 80s. Yeah. So if, you know, Robert Pattinson's, what, late 20s, early 30s, 2000s, that could work, yeah. Um, I'm interested to see it. I think Matt Reeves is a good director. Mm. Robert Pattinson, it's an interesting choice because since Twilight he's pr- and Harry Potter, he's pretty much done indies so i guess there's either something about the script the director or the cash that he's interested yeah. in <laughs> uh not going to speculate on which um it's looking like dc are flooring it back hopefully i think that, you... at this point, we all just we just want to see i don't think as many people are bothered about a joint universe and we just kind of want to see a good film yeah yeah, because they've now, with Joker and stuff, they've got that difference from Marvel. Like, they can do these sort of, like, character pieces about their more famous um, characters. And, yeah, I'm here for it. Um, I think, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, um, Jared Leto has come out and basically said he won't play the Joker again. Oh, not yeah. That, not that anyone really wanted him to. Uh, apparently, he tried to derail the Joaquin Phoenix one. Do you think that he kind of got done dirty with his Joker, but only because his Joker was kind of barely in it, and also the film is shit? <laughs> so massively, not, massively, yeah. Really good chance. I don't think he himself played the Joker badly. I yeah. think his version of the joke, like I liked, you know, the the tattoo of the mouth on the hand and the way he covered his mouth of it and it was like ha, 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 yeah, like a, I think he did alright I think the director um, yeah didn't include Joker as much and I yeah. feel like we sort of thought we were going to get a Joker Harley Quinn focused story and that just got completely lost yeah. Um, so yeah interested to see what James Gunn does with it um, and whether or how soon they will bring back another version of the Joker because I'm, I'm sure they're not going to leave it alone for too long. No. Considering since when did Dark Knight come out? 2008, we've had three? So yes. Yes. Yeah, they're not waiting too long. Which I, I don't blame them because Joker's a massive box office draw. As yeah. proven by the film Joker, which I think is on course to make half a billion in profit. Which yeah. apparently is as much as Endgame made. It's crazy, okay. isn't it? Yeah. So, very successful, especially for an R-rated film. Um, but I think, like we've said before, it's not been a stellar year for the box, like for for films. Um, so, I mean, Joker's definitely going to be in my top ten list. Yeah, same. Um, well, should we talk about some cinema releases? Um, I went to see Terminator: Dark Fate. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers, please. There's not really too much to spoil, to be honest. 
I mean, Did you I watched the second one before you watched this one. I didn't. I didn't get round to, oh, but okay. I Wikipedia'd it. So I had <laughs> a um, and this, yeah. I mean, this is. There's been three other sequels since Terminator Judgment Day. Uh, all of them are now discounted, and yep. Dark Fate is the the proper sequel to Terminator Two Judgment Day. So. Who, you know, poor Amelia Clark, poor Christian Bale, whose characters have been completely <laughs> written yeah. out of existence. But um, yeah, so this film is the return of James Cameron as producer, the return of Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, the return of Arnold Schwarzenegger as whatever Terminator version he was, the T-800 or something. Um, and it's a new story set in the basically present day. Um and there's another threat, another super powerful Terminator comes back from time to kill someone and uh, and someone else comes back in time to save that person. It's very much, hey, you remember that what happened in the first one? We're going to do it again. Um, so, saw it like zero marks for creativity. <laughs> they do kind of switch up a bit. Um, I'm not going to reveal that but you can see it coming a mile off um and it's very much kind of the way that storylines are being recycled but ever so slightly um changed for kind of uh so yeah i mean i'm saying that cynically i just don't think it's particularly inventive um but you'll probably understand what i'm on about when you go and see it um I didn't. Re- I didn't particularly enjoy this film. Uh, oh, I don't think I needed to have seen Judgment Day to be honest. Got the gist. Um, I think my big, my biggest problem with this is that the action sequences are super repetitive. Mm. So it's not too much of a spoiler to say that there is one villain, and there are probably six or seven big action sequences all involving the same characters so sarah connor grace who's the person who's sent back from the future um danny who's the one they're trying to protect uh the the rev nine who's the new terminator um and you know arnie so it's literally them just trying to destroy this terminator and then he comes back to life and then they try and destroy him again. He comes back to life and it's just so repetitive. And I got really, really bored of it. Like even at some point it's shown that the new Terminator can take on someone's identity if they touch them, like they can mimic their features and stuff. If they'd done that a couple more times, it probably would have been a little bit more interesting because at least you're watching a different actor rather than just the same dude you know it just got super repetitive and the action sequences aren't too bad like you know they're all different enough but it's just the the sheer repetitiveness of them and because there are so many you're really acutely aware of how repetitive they are um it just didn't seem like they had much desire to switch it up and make it interesting and a lot of the time it's so frenetic um that you're like, oh, I really don't care what's going on. The plot was so thin. The characters are so thin. 
I mean, they were basically just like, hey, let's have these big action sequences. We'll tie a little bit of, you know, stuff together to thread them together. But they didn't really delve into it. Um, the main character is a Latina, and there's a segment in like a detention center near the border of Mexico and the US. Um, they've missed an opportunity there to kind of do a bit of social commentary, in my opinion, um, yeah. particularly as it's set in 2020. So, you know, they could have, I don't know, pretended that the wall had been built by then or whatever, but they didn't, which again, I think is just sort of shows how little imagination they put into it. Um, I mean, I've, I'm not a huge fan of the Terminator franchise. I've never seen the second one. I saw Rise of the Machines, it was pretty shit. Saw Terminator Salvation, thought that was crap. Never bothered watching Genesis. Um, so, yeah, I would probably give it... Out of curiosity, Glenn, sorry. How, how come you watched the third and the fourth one, but you didn't watch the second one? Uh, so, the third one came out in, like, the early 2000s. I think I bought it on DVD, just because it was okay. probably cheap in Zavi. Do you remember Zavi? Yeah. <laughs> oh, throwback. Throwback Thursday, mate. Bargain Central. But, <laughs> but yeah so i think i probably bought it in zavi for cheap and then watched it um and then you know back in the day uh we didn't have netflix and stuff like that so i couldn't quite easily go back and watch the first two um the first one is on netflix now annoyingly the second one isn't uh and then i think i probably saw salvation in the cinema um because again that came out in maybe like 2009 or something okay uh, yeah and then Genesis didn't look any good. So. Oh yeah, that film but you saw that. Yeah, that film's garbage. I don't think you'll enjoy this one very much. That's uh, a shame. I was quite looking forward to it. I thought the trailer looked quite promising. Yeah. Um, but if you've seen the trailer, you've pretty much seen the action sequences in the film. Uh, but yeah. yeah, and it's super predictable. Like, yeah. yeah. How long is it? Roughly two hours, Fuck. ten maybe. Out of ten? Four. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get around to watch Gemini, man? Out of curiosity. No. Okay. Um, I would say I, I would say you compare that to this, but... Uh, that's the thing, because I was like, all right, well, you said I wouldn't like Gemini, man, so I'll go and watch something fresh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And also, yeah. I'm wondering if I'm going to be even like Zombieland Double Tap, because... Oh, I did like... watch that. Yeah. Any good? Um, yeah. I would say it's about as good as the first one. But do they do anything uh, different, or do they just repeat the first one? I would say... Uh, <laughs> I would say they pretty much repeat the first one. So I just but, Why? Why do, why do yeah. studio execs and producers think that audiences are going to want to just watch the same film again, but with, like, characters that are like, hey, this guy reminds you of this guy, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. You know? Fuck off, just... To be fair, that gag doesn't last very long. But, um, in general, I would say that, like, so, I know I'm not supposed to use, you know, like, Rotten Tomatoes, whatever, as a barometer, but the first one's got, like, 90-something percent, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. And then I watched it, and I watched the two of them back to back. Basically, I bought the DVD of the first one, then I went to go see the second one straight afterwards. Okay. Um, and they're okay. Like they're not like they're not like 
not great <laughs> or anything, but like I was just comparing it, comparing um, like just thinking about how critics must think because maybe they thought, oh, this is like a different take on the zombie genre, which I've, and they thought it was like kind of like a fresh sort of thing, which is fair yeah. enough. Um, I, I think that is it because like back in two thousand eight, if you think of the zeitgeist, there was no real zombie stuff. Yeah. Like the the zombies kind of genre was very much um, Dawn of the Dead, mm. uh, and you know George A. Romero sort of thing. Um, and when Zombieland took like a comic horror twist on it, it was fresh and it was different. And then after yeah. that, you had the you know you had the Walking Dead and a kind of explosion of the zo- zombie genre again. So yeah. I think that is definitely why it's revered so much because it sort of kickstarted the popular interest in zombies again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, the second one, the first one's pretty good. The second one's also pretty good. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something, John. Never mind. <laughs> never mind, never mind. What? what? Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I felt slightly conflicted or weird-ish about, obviously, you watch the first one and then the little girl's like 12 years old. Then I watch the second one straight afterwards and the girl's like, I don't know, 20-something. So I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> this is a bit odd. But anyway, doesn't matter. Odd um, in the fact that what do you find her attractive or more attractive? Oh yeah, more attractive than um, obviously more attractive fun. than fucking the first one, obviously. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's I'm glad that's the case, Ob. <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of watching it like mm, this feels a bit weird. But anyway. Um, yeah, because I mean, yeah, literally, it's ten years, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, literally ten years. But um, the second one's pretty, pretty good. I'm trying to think which one I prefer. I think, I think they're both on par with each other. I would say. Does but the second one do are... anything different? Does it like, um, you know, is it just the same thing? Because otherwise, uh, if not, what's the point? I would argue no, that m- maybe the second one, uh, maybe the second one has a little bit of character development. I would say more than the first one. Okay. Um, I'll say that's probably about it in terms of what's different. Um, there's not as much like uh, you know rule rule stuff like stuff to do with rules. Um, okay. Oh, see, I quite like that about the first one. Yeah. You know, rule twenty seven. Always look in the back seat or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. But yeah. No, it's it's a, it's a solid film. It's worth a watch. I would say definitely. I think it's definitely a DVD film. Yeah, I would, yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix within a, a year or so. So yeah. I'll wait till then. As far as, uh, um, what's the what's the guy's name? Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Yeah, as far as his films go, it's definitely not my favourite. Like, I think that Now You See Me and, and Now You See Me 2 are way better than those two films. But they're, critically, those are fucking, those um, films are, aren't very, um, well revered. No, but then just like pure entertainment films generally aren't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really like Now You See Me. I thought mm. that was quite, a, you know, a different film. Because um, I, I like the show like Hustle and things like that. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, I thought there was going to be a... Th- was there a third one or there was going to be a third one? I don't think... I hope there's a third one because I wouldn't mind watching another one, but I don't think there is a third one. Yet. Mm. Okay, maybe. Um, so we talked about Terminator, talked about Zombieland. Do you want to talk to us about farming? 
quickly, I'll talk to you about because I watched Judy last week as well, which I can play. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, Judy is just a film um based on the life of um Judy Garland, um, who's played by Renee Zellweger. Um basically it kind of just follows her career, basically her her late career when her career was basically fading. She was seen as unreliable in the business. She couldn't really get much work. Um, she had a couple of kids to look after. Basically, she didn't have um, money for. She didn't have a house. She didn't have any money to um, like look after them. And basically, she had to leave her kids with her husband in LA, I think. And then she had to go to London um, to go and do shows to make money so that she could afford to buy a house and look after her kids. And it basically just follows her period, her time in London doing those shows with a few flashbacks to her childhood and her, like when she first started, when she was like filming on The Wizard of Oz and stuff. Um, the film's pretty good, actually. Um, bit tragic, not going to lie, um, because like, I think Renee Zellweger does a really, really good job of portraying like this woman who, um, on the face of it, is like a pretty, really polite, like a nice woman, but then you can see like the trauma that she endured in her childhood has affected how much it has affected her in her um in her life now to the point where she can't sleep because um when she was younger they basically forced her to do like 18 hour shifts 20 hour shifts and they would give her pills so and so that she wouldn't eat and she wouldn't sleep so then now it comes to the present day she doesn't eat anything she doesn't sleep all she does is drink and have pills and stuff like that and basically she was um, afraid of singing pretty much when she first got on her tour um, to the point where she like didn't want to rehearse and like she would basically do everything she could to avoid having to sing until she was basically forced to on the stage. She did, she sung, she was really good. And then the next night she comes on and she gets drunk and she bombs and she starts swearing at people in the crowd and shit like that. And yeah, basically she's quite an erratic character. Um, But the film itself, basically just kind of goes through I would say actually probably the last few periods of her life because she does end up, she dies shortly after shortly after the end of the London tour Oh, okay. Uh, but they don't show that in the film they only stay afterwards in the um, in like, the end credit bits um, but yeah the film in general was actually pretty good um, and I reckon Renee Zellweger will probably get put up for an Oscar I think okay she's not really done much recently, has she? Like, she's pretty no, she grown. But yeah. apart from that, I couldn't really tell you what else she's been in. No, me neither, to be fair. So, you know, the Oscars love a, a Hollywood renaissance, yeah. you know, yeah. act, actor revival. So, mm. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets put up for it. Um, there was also one scene where she looked like Fred Flintstone, but nobody's... <laughs> <laughs> no one's pointed that out. It's really annoying me because she, looked, she, she was literally dressed like Fred Flintstone. Um, <laughs> But no one said anything, so I just said, I said, I'm fine. What's that noise? Hello? Hello? Oh, hello. Chris? Yeah, Chris has joined us. He's on a train. I'm on a train. So we'll get, you know, regular updates about what station you're about to pull into. Um, Very true. We've just spoken about Judy, uh, Terminator Dark Fate, and Zombieland Double Tap. Have you seen any of those? I have not seen a single one of those. I didn't even know okay. Terminator was out. Yeah, well, I wouldn't recommend it. it was shit. Um, oh, apparently it's meant to be the revitalisation of the whole franchise, I heard. Yeah, but when the franchise is actually like a pile of dog turd, then, you know, well, I suppose that's you know, true. anything above is, I guess, an improvement. But 
I didn't enjoy it. I found it very repetitive. Um, okay, Chris, what have you seen recently? Uh, oh, what did I watch a whole series of? Oh, I watched that Paul Rudd series on Netflix. Oh, yeah, was um, it Living With Yourself? Living With Yourself, yeah. But I don't know. If have you started it? Yeah. I watched episode one. It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was quite a good series, actually. Um, I won't say, there was no point in saying too much about it because they pretty much straight away tell you why there's two of them, don't they? Yeah, because he's a clone. Yeah, which I didn't, I didn't expect them to do that straight away, but made for an interesting story afterwards. So yeah, it's very, that, right? it's very sort of off kilter. There's something about it that's a bit like intentionally strange. Like I don't know if any of you saw the the series Maniac with um, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, but that the way that was kind of put together and filmed, it was sort of like. Um, I, don't, I can't really explain it, but it was sort of like it wasn't quite real. It may be like a bit of a dream or there was just something about the way that, ev- that even... So let me try and explain properly. The first episode of Living With Yourself when the two uh, spa workers are just sort of like, yes, we murder people. It's very much matter of fact. And that's a bit sort of discomforting. And you're sort of like, okay, well, this is clearly not what would happen in real life because people aren't that upfront about things like that. So it sort of makes it seem like this is in a different realm. I don't know if that makes mm. any sense, but I know what you mean. It sort of reminded me of the way that Maniac was filmed. Um, yeah, I might carry well, it on. Um, it's only like twenty minutes or so, isn't it? That's the thing. So yeah, I started it, and I say the first two episodes I found interesting. I got onto the third episode. I'm not gonna lie, I got a bit bored, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm gonna come back to this. I might see what Chris's verdict is on the series as a whole before I think about watching the whole thing because <laughs> I don't know if I can be bothered. Um but I do I just I do really like Paul Rudd. I just think that just in general as a person, as an actor, I think he's just like he seems like a really nice guy. So <laughs> I don't know. I might just watch it just for just for the sake of him being in it. Mm. So Chris should recommend it? Yeah I think there's well I, I get what I was saying because it gets to there's a point in it where it's like it's like quite repetitive or it's like it's quite a generic storyline almost as generic as you can get with clones but then i think once once the two clones i suppose have their own story or their own um what's the word their own opinions about things like because they're very different one one's perfect and one's paul rudd almost and um once they like decide what they want to do kind of thing it does get a bit more interesting and towards the end, it's more interesting the the circumstance that happens. But the only thing I would say is is like you saying, like um, with the um, what did you say? You said about uh, how the people are very upfront about like the clones and murdering and stuff. I think there is quite jokey in parts of the series. So where I can't really explain it, but there's there's points where it's more jokey than serious, and therefore it puts a bit more like lightheartedness on the series rather than the seriousness which you kind of want more of I suppose Do you want more comedy? No, I want more. I want it to be, I wanted it to be more serious. Oh, okay. Because I just assumed that because Paul Rudd was in it that it would be a comedy, but the first Actually, episode wasn't. It was sort of maybe a bit yeah. of a dark comedy, but 
Yeah, actually, there you know what? Some more drama. More comedy. So some of the episodes do need more comedy because they're a bit dry. Okay. Uh, so that's a question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was actually listening to someone talk about this Paul Rudd show, and basically the premise of the show, Paul Rudd is like seemingly doing okay. He's got a nice house, got a nice wife, he's got a nice job. Um, but obviously he's quite unhappy with his life uh, as it is at the moment at this moment in time before he gets like the uh, clone stuff yeah so question would be do you think that more people should be content with being average i definitely think so um i think i'm pretty content at being average to be honest um i think i guess getting a bit philosophical here but like humans by their nature always just want like no matter what they've got there's always a better paid job or um you know a job with better benefits or you know a nicer car or something so you know you might have i don't know what you thought at uni but you might be like oh do you know what? i'd like to earn this amount and then if you get to that amount you think oh do you know what actually i want sky sports and i want to go on holiday and so I need a bit more so there's always like just want 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 and I don't think people are appreciative enough of what they do have um especially in our sort of society where we sort of think oh can only afford to go to Nando's once a month but then you've got people who just can't afford to eat so yeah yeah, and I I sort of imagine that the ending of uh this show is probably going to end with with him realizing that the, the happiest version of himself is the true version of himself. Welcome aboard the Southern Service. Where are we going, Chris? <laughs> uh, uh, Southern Service to Hayes. Yeah. I'm just going to. Um, I'm just going home, mate. I'm literally just going home. I, do you know what? Actually, um, oh, what did you say a minute ago? Do you know, we I, should be you know sponsored what? by Southeastern for this. Yeah, we should do. To be fair, Free promo. what Ivy was saying, I actually, I. I don't necessarily agree with more people should be happy that they're average, but the fact that if you believe you're average and you're not happy about it, so you should be more active in doing something about it instead of moaning about it. And I think a lot of people just sit there and moan about it rather than actually actively seek a way to fix it. Like Allrod, for example, in the series, he's not doing much to fix it. He just sits there and complains about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree I think, with that as well. But I think, like, you know, from at least the first episode, it's like it's not as if him and his wife have a bad relationship. It's just that he's maybe neglecting her because of his unhappiness. And like, I guess especially with kind of social media and everything, like you, it's so easy to to compare yourself to your peers. Um, you know, oh, so and so, where's this? afford to do that and it's like you know happiness is relative to different people um, mm. so like you know for example me and ollie are probably like polar opposites in that he wants he doesn't care too much about money he just wants to go traveling do loads of experiences whereas i use my money to buy a property and that sort of thing so we're both happy it's just in very different different ways I hear that. I think in the world we live in as well, like majoritarily capitalist society, there is always going to be winners, there's going to be losers, and then there's going to be people in the middle. 
Yeah. I think you have to kind of be, I don't know, appreciative. Obviously, if, if obviously not, if you're one of the losers, then obviously, you know, you try your best to get to the middle or to get higher. But at some point, I think you have to be appreciative of where you are compared to where you could be. Yeah, for sure. Because like, well, A, to be use a cliche, the grass isn't always greener. But like, who determines the losers? That's probably the winners. Yeah. But, you know, so I guess to someone who's earning, you know, £100,000 a year or whatever, they might say that I would be a loser because I don't have that amount. But to yeah. me, I'm a winner because I can afford to live ample time to spend with my partner mm. and all that so for me a work-life balance is the most important thing yeah. for others it's salary for others it's you know whatever it's all, about, it's all about perception i guess exactly so i would consider myself a winner in that respect you know because i've seen people whose parents will you know they are very wealthy but they never saw their dad because their dad was always working away or would work such long hours or you know and they've missed out on that opportunity and I'm sure that they would maybe would rather have spent that time with their parent and had less money so but yeah, yeah it's very deep uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm curious to see if the show does address any of those sort of issues I don't know. yeah like I said, I imagine that, you know, the Hollywood thing would be, oh, you know, he actually is the perfect version of himself anyway. Because, mm. like, there was a film uh, called I Feel Pretty by Amy Schumer. Um, and oh, yes. oh, no. Amy yeah. Schumer's very kind of, you know, even she would say... Average. Average woman. Like, you know, she's, she's not stick thin. She's not... Like, she would... I think she jokes that she's fat, but she's just sort of like an, a normal woman size. Do you know what I mean? Um, and this film is about, you know, she's very self-conscious because she doesn't... Like, Emily Ratajkowski's in the film as well. And, um, you know, she's like, oh, my God, I don't look like you. I want to look like you. Um, then Emily Ratajkowski's character's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, there's pressures to looking beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, like... Um, there's a fitness class and Amy Schumer's character slips off the exercise bike and hits her head and um, and she just suddenly has this perception of herself as being beautiful. She hasn't changed shape or anything like that. She's just like, oh my God, I'm gorgeous. And mm. so she has this like, self-confidence. Um, sort of like uh, in a similar way to like Shallow Howl. Have you seen that film with yeah. Jack Black? When he thinks that Gwyneth Paltrow's character who is morbidly obese is like super stick thin and um, beautiful so it's just sort of like and in the end uh, in I'm Feel Pretty she learns to love herself for the way she is because um, there's a whole thing like this guy falls in love with her um, because of her confidence in herself not because of the way she looks and then when she hits her head again and starts thinking she's ugly again she thinks he's um, kind of just being cruel to her um, and he's like no so what, you, what are you guys talking about because I uh, Basically, talking. A, it's fine. We're talking about a film called I Feel Pretty and how Amy Schumer learns that the pure version of herself is the best version and blah, blah, blah. She learns to love herself for what she is. And I think that's the way, to cut a long story short, that's the way that 
uh, living with yourself will go, I imagine. Chris is. I don't know. Um, did we all watch Fractured? Yeah. Christopher? Yes. So, Fractured is a Netflix yes. kind of psychological thriller uh, featuring Sam Worthington of Avatar and Avatar 2 and Avatar 3 and Avatar 4. That's what he's in. And, oh, shit. Um, what's I'm the other one? my brain. Uh, Avatar 5. Isn't he also in Terminator? Did you say Terminator? Mm, I don't know if he's in Terminator. He might be. Isn't he in Terminator? Uh, wasn't that Christian? Oh, he might have been. Was that? I don't know. Christian Bale was in it. I don't know if Sam Worthington was. Um, but yeah, so fractured psychological thriller. A man, uh, his daughter gets injured uh, near a gas station and he takes her to a hospital and uh, he's waiting for ages and his wife accompanies his daughter to like an MRI scan or something. And then when he goes back to check, the receptionist's like, no, your family never checked in. And then it's a sort of, sort of like mystery as to whether he's gone mad and is just making it up, um, whether his family existed at all, um, or if there's a kind of hospital conspiracy. So it's all told from um, Ray Monroe's uh, perspective, and he seems to think that, well, there's a suggestion. Where are we now? Boulston South. Wow, exotic. Um, yeah, he seems to think that they're like harvesting organs or something, and maybe his family have been kind of captured for those purposes. Um, what did you guys Sorry, think? I'm trying to mute it every time. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Shall I go Put first? On, yeah, Put go on, on. Um, Okay, this film is decent, but this film, I, I, this film's overrated. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I've heard a lot a lot, a lot, about how good this film is, including from my own sister, um, about how I should watch this film, it's, just, it's sick, da 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 I'm not going to lie, I clocked the ending about half an hour before the film finished. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know I clocked the ending. I did that ending, though. Yeah. I thought it was too predictable. I clocked I it from when his daughter fell in the... Welcome aboard Thing. the Southern Service to... Um, oh, so about 20 minutes in. Yeah. Is but the rest of the film did make me keep questioning that. Okay. Which I guess is to its credit. So, spoilers, obviously, but... um, So, yeah, quite early on in the film, his daughter... um, Well, she sort of gets cornered near this construction site by a feral dog. And to try and get the dog away from his daughter, uh, Ray throws a rock at it. But this causes his daughter to lose balance and she falls into the construction site. Then you see he sort of goes a bit in shock. And you can see in the background his wife's running down, checking his daughter. And then she like shakes him and starts hitting him. And she's sort of, what have you done sort of thing. And then he sort of pushes her away. And then there's a sort of jolt of the camera. And then he turns around and she's back, his wife's back over their daughter. And then the story continues from there. And I thought at that point, nah, he's killed her. Because yeah. that jump was too illogical for me. Like, for her, him to push her down 
and then for her to suddenly be next to his daughter's side I was like there's something not right about that so yeah. I was initially thinking oh he's killed them and the rest this is going to be a sort of hallucination or something you know like a um, you you thought from the... I'm gonna probably say yes but I don't no, know I what never, you say I never assumed that oh I said you thought from the get-go he killed I, I don't even know how you yeah that. I thought he killed the wife because of the way that he was in shock and just pushed her aside and you can see from the where he pushes her in relation to the rest of the construction site that it was away from where the daughter was lying and then with the judder from the camera and then it jump cutting to her being next to the daughter and I thought there's no way that she's managed to get there um, so I thought he snapped or his mind has snapped and that was kind of reflected by the camera shudder um, but then the rest of the film makes me question that which was a good thing because you know it sort of leads you to believe that he's gone a bit crazy um, and then sort of towards the end so because he's there's a psychotherapist and she's like uh, there's no dog here and then then you're like oh god he's crazy and then you see the dog and then you think actually maybe there is a, some sort of conspiracy so for me it pulled the rug from under my feet a couple of times even though in the end I was pretty much correct early on but I still appreciated the way that it made me question myself and you know it's sort of like a double uh, twist do you know what I thought is only because this why I need to stop letting people tell me about films before I've even watched them because people have said to me oh yeah the ending's crazy so I'm thinking the ending can't just be oh yeah his his um his daughter and wife are being held hostage there has to be something else to it so immediately when you hear where I hear that I'm thinking okay it must be like a double cross kind of thing so he must just be nuts so I went through the whole film thinking okay yeah he's probably crazy and then it got to the bit where um what bit when I think basically when the therapist when the the um the therapist was introduced and I, the way she was talking to him, I was thinking, yeah, this guy's just this guy's just mental. Because if you look at the way everyone else is reacting in comparison to him, they can't all be in on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I sort of hoped that they would all be, be to be, because um, that would have been a better twist. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's not really something we see. Uh, it's normally, oh yeah, the guy's crazy. So if there was a, like a wide conspiracy, that would have been quite interesting. Um, reminded me of the film Unsane, if you've ever mm. seen that. I haven't, no. Uh, I would really recommend it if you liked this film. Um, I think Unsane is better than this film. Mm. But, you know, I, I think that's kind of, you know, the benefit of Netflix is it gives... Like, this film wouldn't have been made if it wasn't on Netflix because it's sort of probably medium budget, yeah. not, like... There aren't many stars in it, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I respect Netflix for putting money into these sorts of things. And I do find it interesting. But you're right in that a lot of Netflix... Oh, also, I really I'm saying it's better. Yeah, yeah. You should watch it, Obi. Um, but I feel like net, some Netflix films, if they're just like quite different, they get really overhyped. So particularly with horror, 
So the amount of times I've seen like an article from Lad Bible and it's like, oh my God, this horror film on Netflix has made people shit out their esophagus. And, <laughs> you know, this horror film on Netflix has actually made people want to die. And you're like, oh, I've got to watch it. And you watch it and you're like, wow, that was just the same sort of horror film that you see James Wan make and Blumhouse make. So they do hype them up a lot and there's a lot of hyperbole around it. But yeah, that's yeah, it's got a. I find it tough to manage my own expectations. Yeah, me too, I think. It was decent, though. Decent film. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad Ant recommended it. Uh, so shout out, Ant. Um, yeah. Chris, are you still there? No. I think it's Mark's currently on mute. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I put it on mute. Can you hear me? Uh, just, is there anything you want to mention? Um, wait, when did Ant recommend it? He tweeted us on uh, the oh, YAC Podcast oh. 17. Um, uh, Just a little plug there. Um, I did watch yesterday Eli. Okay, that was one of these hyperbole ones where it's the scariest thing since XYZ. So, yeah, what was it like? Yeah, shit. <laughs> I won't be watching that this Halloween. Then. It's not even scary, man. That's so bad. It's such a crap ending. Oh, what was the what was the thing I saw about it? Um, Eli is so scary that it's made people. I think it said like flush their phones down the toilet or something. I was like, well, that makes no sense. But what that doesn't even make sense in relation to the to the film. Maybe I'm mixing two of them up, but. Okay, well, give us a mini review of Eli. <laughs> um, basically, it's that kid who can't go out in the sunlight, and his parents see a way of. We're not hearing what you're saying, to be honest. Did you, did you not get any of it? Something about he can't go out in sunlight. Yeah, and then, and then they try and find a cure. Okay. And then this woman tries to put a demon inside. <laughs> How far away are you from the house? realise his parents are in on it. I am about to arrive at East Wedding Station where I'll have ample signal. Okay. Maybe we'll check back in with you when you get to East Croydon and have better signal. But Eli, not a, not a recommendation. Um, Obi uh, and Chris, if you've seen it, I want to discuss yeah. Top Boy. So oh, quickly, 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 before you discuss Top Boy, um, I've watched El Camino now, so do you want to talk about that first? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, what, what, what did you think of El Camino? The uh, um, pretty bad story. Yeah, I spoke to Chris about it. Um, basically, I do agree that it, the film is slightly unnecessary, but um, it's nice in terms of getting closure for uh, both for Jesse and I suppose for um, for Walter as well. Um, do you not feel like liked... you got closure from the last episode of the series anyway? Because Walter White is dead, and everyone mm. thought that, and yeah, Jesse know, drives away. We didn't so know officially that he was dead or not. True, but. Where Jesse progresses from the beginning of the film to the end of the film is not very far. Like, he 
at the end of well, the beginning of the film slash end of the um, at the end of the Breaking Bad series, Jesse's driving away. So you, for me, I was like, oh, he's got free. And by the end of the film, he's still free. He's just free in a different play. I suppose, yeah. Because, yeah, I didn't think about it like that when I was... I feel like they added another, dy- added another dynamic, though, to it. Yeah. What dynamic is that? Because I, 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 I never thought in a million years that the police were going to turn up and then suddenly be like, number one suspect of this whole thing is Jesse Pinkman. And it's kind of like, <laughs> Jesse Pinkman, and ending all these tires, or, oh God, I can show my cross face in belly. Um, and it's like him then seeing everyone, and then making amends with everyone, or talking to everyone, and then finally just living the life he wanted at the end of like season four, or season three, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, you know, think it was a, I liked the film. I just I feel like I was, it was a tad unnecessary. But there were some really nice moments. It was nice to see some of the oh, characters. Um, like, especially when Skinny, um, he says to him, he's like, why are you helping me out? And he's like, you're my goddamn hero or something like that. Yeah, you're my hero and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love I you need friends like Skinny Pete, man. <laughs> Skinny Pete's no. an absolute G. Yeah. Oh, he's letting people on. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, Chris is running for a bus. Um, <laughs> in this audio porn, um, <laughs> find out how Chris gets on next week. <laughs> oh, no. I'm on it. I'm on it. He's on it. Mo Farah. Mo Farah. Okay. Where were we? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about El Camino, Obi, and what your thoughts were. Yeah, um, I liked it. Um, I did think that they could have... I don't think they spent enough time focusing on um, like Jesse's mentality. Because obviously he spent maybe like the first 15, maybe 20-ish minutes of the film and in, in quite a fragile state, obviously, after having been locked up for how... I'm not sure how long it was, but I'm sure it was at least a few months. Yeah. Um, seems to get over that pretty quickly, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like maybe, I don't know, but it probably wouldn't have been good for the film because, you know, the film kind of be so long. But maybe they could have delved into that a little bit more and, like, how um, fucked up his mind would have been because he was literally, like, treated like an animal for however long. Um, and yeah. I feel like that had a bigger effect on him than it did. <coughs> he kind of got over it in probably about a day. Yeah. Maybe a day I and a half. That was one of the things I did like about El Camino was it did flesh out what happened to Jesse during that time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. how... Um, Jesse Plemons' character, I can't remember his name, was very sort of like manipulative and, uh, you know, he was just, he actually was quite a nice guy, but then he was also just a bit fucking psycho. Um, yeah. I think the, the Walter White bit was the most unnecessary bit because I didn't feel like it actually added anything. Because um, it talks I, about Jesse going back to college, but then at the end he doesn't. So that bit of dialogue was a bit. Yeah. Pointless. Also, look shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it was just I felt it was unnecessary because they for the whole build up they were like, oh, yeah, and um, Brian Cranston's not returning. What White's dead. So I was quite content with that. And then for him to bring him back for just like a sort of token thing, I was a bit like mm, unnecessary. He mm. that film would have been just as good. Like um, Aaron, what's his name? 
what's the actor's name? Uh, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul, yeah. He could have held that film on his own, and it somewhat yeah. undermines him by bringing Brian Cranston back. That's fair. Oh, also, just on the whole point of kind of uh, returning to a character, there is some seriously shoddy de-aging in um, Terminator Dark Fate. Oh. Like, Wait, quickly, though. Um, how old is Linda Hamilton? Because she has aged horribly. She's in her 60s. Oh, man, she looks... Te- no offence, she looks terrible. <laughs> she looks absolutely terrible. Even for a 60-year-old, she looks absolutely terrible. But anyway, terrible. They're saggy. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> Bear Saggy. Especially on the poster. <laughs> like, compare her to like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's probably in his seventies. Yeah. But anyway. He's one, but I feel like he plays a, a robot very well. He's particularly expressive. Mm. Hey ho. Um. So should we talk about Top Boy? So. Uh, it's been out for a long time now, and we've not yeah. actually spoken about it. Great bus doors. Yeah, so Top Boy, this is Series 3, although confusingly Netflix will show it as Series 1, because the first two, which were on Channel 4, are now called Summer House. So, um, Series, well, basically a quick rundown. Top Boy is set in a East London estate, I think Hackney, and it follows uh, Duchesne and Sully, who are kind of uh, kind of reasonably big time drug dealers in in their area, and it's basically they just want to get to the top. They want to take over London and become like the drug kingpins. But Sully in the first two series is a bit unhinged and a bit more violent um and Duchesne's more level-headed and that causes conflict because sully thinks that Duchesne is undermining him and they're not a real partnership um and you see throughout the first two series that they end up either taking out the people above them or you know orchestrating uh kind of proof to the higher-ups that they're worth you know getting promoted and stuff um and it's very similar to um the dynamic between ghost and tommy in power just put who hasn't watched it but yeah okay fair enough um but series three picks up several years later um at the end of series two uh the little kid michael i think his name is yeah michael gets gets killed by i think they're the either Romanians or Turkish or something gang um, so uh, Duchesne flees um, we find out in series 3 that he flees to Jamaica um, Sully is incarcerated and yeah series 3 kind of brings them back together some old characters that we love like Driss um, some new characters that I really like such as um, Dave's character I can't remember his name um, but he's a daily offender and crazy extender or whatever the quote is. Um, and Jamie, I think that he's a really good character um, and quite like Jack. So, yeah, well, Obi, Chris, what, did, what were your thoughts on the series? Um, I thought it was sick. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, if I could have binged it all in one day, <laughs> I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they kind of probably, they probably did miss a trick by not releasing the episodes weekly. Yeah. I feel like it would have been good for like, you know, like that Game of Thrones, not obviously not, not as big, but that Game of Thrones hype, like we see one episode, then everyone on Twitter and social media will be talking about it and the hype would carry on. So the hype would have gone on for 10 weeks instead of like, I don't know, one or two, because everyone, most people I know binged it really quickly. I agree. I also feel you had to binge it because I was already seeing kind of mild spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Um, before I'd finished it and like you said I feel like no one's really talking about it anymore yeah um, even though it probably only came out less than 10 weeks ago I think it was September yeah. so yeah September literally yeah so yeah they've kind of missed a trick there but yeah I agree with you I think it's sick Chris did you enjoy it Yeah, that's a yes. uh, I, haven't, I haven't actually watched it yet so I put myself on mute so I'll oh you haven't seen it no, I haven't seen it. I've actually completely zoned out on what you were saying. Okay. So, so that is on my bucket list. Shall we not talk about it in spoilers then? You can talk about it. No, okay. No, you can talk about it. Okay. Well, yeah, there'll be spoilers. Um, um, it's been out for quite a while, but um, yeah. Mm. So, it, let me know. Is there, is there going to be a. going to be another season? I bloody hope so. It sets it up for one. Oh, yeah, I reckon um, there will be. There's a proper good twist at the end of this series as well. Oh, mate. Never trust a nitty. Never trust the nitties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, first of all, you could definitely tell there's more money in this series. Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously from the location of Jamaica, but just it just looks a bit slicker. Um, Even like the cinematography, I think, was pretty... Yeah. Especially when they were in Jamaica, it was pretty sick. Yeah, like they... <laughs> It's not particularly exotic, but they go to Margate or Ramsgate, one of them. Um, and even the fact that like 10 episodes, they've got a longer time to tell the story. Um, it's, it turns out to be a bit more like a cop thriller in the last couple of episodes. Um, yeah. Like Line of Duty, which I recommend to everyone. Um, I definitely think it really benefits from the long form story because one of the few criticisms I had of the first two series was that there were sort of plot points or characters that you never really got to know too well because they only had four episodes of one hour. They were sort of just like had to really accelerate the story. Um, So yeah, that was a benefit. Um, This series is strange in that um, Duchesne and Sully's characters sort of completely flip like an interchange yeah. so by the end of this series i was team sully and duchene became like the proper villain um heartless i feel like kano plays sully should probably be up for a bafta or something because definitely i think he was fantastic his performance was amazing like he gave it like i really sort of felt his heartache like particularly yeah. with jason who's like a yeah. surrogate son to him r.i.p arsenal supporter um <laughs> You know, um, I was really happy when Jem came back for an episode. Yeah. Um, proper gutted Ronell wasn't there, although. Same. There's a. But I take uh, that as him, like, hopefully making it out. Oh, there's a mild theory that. Um, what is Dave's character's name? Oh, that Ronell was Modi. No, no. Modi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I didn't think it was true. No, no. Yeah, Modi. That's it. I thought, yeah, Modi was really good. It's a shame he died. So. Quickly, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Quickly, I want to actually talk to you about that. 
So, firstly, I think Dave, you could tell he was having so much fun playing that character. Yeah. Like, his, his character was, like, Modi, in general, was just such a joked character. And obviously, he had, like, the sick one-liners, and he just didn't give a fuck. Like, no. broke out of prison, they were like, yeah, you're going to get caught. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I yeah. don't fucking care. <laughs> How many times I have to tell you? I don't care. Fair enough. <laughs> but, um, so, with, with him dying, do you think there was more to that than meets the eye? Well, as in, like, maybe he didn't die, it was a setup sort of thing. Or maybe just maybe someone set him up. Like, because I'm thinking, like, I don't know, I feel like the way he died was kind of like really quick and like random. And then, do you know, like, before, just before when he was at the doctor, the doctor was like bare nervous and jittery. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just thought maybe but there was then, more behind it. But then the only person that could have set him up would be Jermaine. Yeah. Who's Kano's cousin. Oh, sorry, okay. Um, yeah. Sully's cousin. And, but they seemed like proper tight. Yeah. Although I was surprised that Jermaine didn't kill uh, Jamie, you know, yeah. when they were host- holding him hostage. Um, it's sort of like as soon as he saw that Modi had died, he was like, fuck it, Jamie's king now. Whereas I thought yeah. he'd, he'd probably want that for himself. Um, I think he kind of wanted to be legit. Not Well, yeah, because he was like a football agent, wasn't he, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of wanted to be legit. I think he's kind of the guy who was kind of on stuff and then made it out but then he still got ties to the to the criminal world kind of thing so he'll dab he'll dabble every now and again back in that world but i don't yeah. think he really wants to be in there i think he wants to be like a legit like businessman yeah no, that's fair um because i did think or oh, maybe jamie had set him up again because obviously it's sort of strongly suggested that jamie's the reason that modi got captured um yeah so but then i does that doesn't make sense how jamie would have gotten killed or set him up again but mm. um yeah i thought the, the actor that played jamie was was really strong like because really, obviously yeah. jamie starts out you really like him he's taking up looking after his little brothers he's like making sure they go to school but then you sort of see the darker side of him where you know he's quite happy to kill people or you know get people injured and stuff like that and yeah um, yeah like i thought every character was really good even like the posh drug dealers you know there's a difference in race there and class as well so mm. that was interesting she's like you're not my usual client but you know and he's like i can sell 10 times more so um and then i guess yeah did you see the big twist coming um do you know what i didn't but do you remember the scene with um with the two drug the two nitties and they're like pouring alcohol out on the road and they're just talking they're just chatting normally yeah I remember watching that thinking, what the fuck are they doing? I was just, I, remember, I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but I remember thinking like, like, why are they just rinsing their mouth with the, with the cider and then pouring it out? Like, are they trying to convince, I don't know, I thought maybe they were trying to convince, because they was, went to go spy on, um, on, uh, on uh, Jamie's lot, I think. So I think maybe yeah. they're trying to convince them that they're drunk, but I was thinking, like, why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just be getting drunk? That made absolutely no sense to me at the time, obviously. When you see that end scene, it all makes sense now. I was like, oh shit, because you never actually see them take drugs or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, I thought that, I, was, that was a sick twist. I didn't think any, anything of it at the time, um, but looking back, you're like, shit, of course. Um, but I guess for context, um, so throughout the series, you see these two uh, kind of what we think are drug, drug addicts. They always come up to Driss and Jack and they're like, oh, give me a hit. Um, and they're like, fuck off, man. Um, but they come up and pester them. But then a few episodes in, 
they reveal to Driss that one of the market stall people is actually an undercover cop. They're like, oh yeah, we got nicked and we saw him um, down there. And then so they try and win like Driss to their confidence. Um, and then right at the end, it turns out that they've been undercover cops the entire time. Like the last scene is them in the police cell. And I was like, oh, they've been nicked. But then the captain's sort of like, right, Deshane, we've got to take him down. And then yeah. these two nitties are like, oh, Sarge. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. And, the, and then the very last scene is Duchesne meeting Jamie in prison and being yeah. like, come work for me. So what do you think about that? What do you think about, basically, just so, so Duchesne basically, he's, he, like, so one of the reasons that um, him and Sully have kind of like, drifted apart is basically that Sully's got like a very strict code and which basically says fuck the police is pretty much and Deshane is more on a thing of like nah fuck that I want to do anything I can to become the top boy so Deshane ends up snitching basically on um, on um, what's it called on Jamie's brothers you know even though he set it up he set it all up but they end up going to prison and he gets Jamie with like a, basically a chess move so what do you think about Deshane going to the police like in terms of like how it relates to like the streets oh snitches get stitches but that's the thing i feel like he his plan game's worked game. Game's game, it did work and he obviously had a lot of power over jamie but yeah. i just don't see jamie sticking with it because yeah. if like modi looks like he's much more of a nutter than duchene is yeah and for him to have the balls to put modi in prison and to like kind of trying to overthrow him um, and he got rid of the Turks quite quickly and mm. quite easily I feel like Duchesne's uh, well he's just a bit stupid because there's no way he can trust him Yeah, Jamie's going to want to get revenge on many levels um, but it seems like it's if I remember correctly is Sully sort of out of the game I don't to... know I think he kind of hinted towards it yeah because yeah. They, he, there's even like a scene of them two and um Basically, Sully's like, I think Shane's getting quite excited about the move and stuff like that. And Sully's like, not really that bothered. And then I think Sully kind of like hints that he might be done with all this. And then Shane's like, what are you going to do? Like, work in an office, do a nine to five. And they both start laughing because like, that's not really, that's not really what they do. So I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Mm. And then he's got a daughter to look after. I don't know. Do you think Driss is dead? No. So we don't see it. No, I don't. I'm all, I was also a little bit surprised that Driss kind of turned on them. I know he was sort of constantly undermined in the series, but they've been kind of boys since well, the whole time. Um, yeah. And I also felt well sorry for Driss having the strokes. Yeah. I thought that actor, he played it quite well. Yeah. I think he just thought he was getting pushed out, especially like Jack was making the step up and like he wasn't being really been involved in anything so i think he thought he was being pushed out so he might as well get his own kind of thing before yeah. um got phased out completely which to his detriment because obviously he got found out um but i thought it was really funny um when um <laughs> when Deshane like pulls Driss out of his house to go and shoot him and then they're walking along the balcony he's like i didn't even know you wore glasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he's aged i was cracking up man he's fucking um, aged mate like, yeah, isn't it? No hair, dad bod. Literally. 
<laughs> but yeah, I really, really hope there's a, at least another series. Me too. Um, okay. I'm also very glad that Drake didn't cameo in it. Oh, I kind of. A part of me hoped he was in it. <laughs> a part of me did, but I also feel like it probably would have cheapened it a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Can you imagine like Champagne Pappy coming in, being like, <laughs> like you know, trying to put on like a British accent or something? Yeah. Um, Do you know the only thing I had against the series? The only thing that bugged me a little bit was um, the thing with sugar. I felt like that whole storyline was a bit shit, and it ended really abruptly. Like. Yeah. In the end, they just got that girl to come and kill him. And I was thinking, like, couldn't you just done that in the beginning? Yeah, like, that was so easy. Yeah. Considering, like, he's killed Donovan. I think that was his name. Um, yeah. You know, he's, like, notorious gangster. And I was genuinely thinking, like, how the hell are they going to get out of this situation? Because they've got to sell, like, 100 kilograms of cocaine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was all quite easy in the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that whole bit probably could have been cut out and it would have it yeah, so. good, um, or should have been explored a bit more, because um, mm. I think maybe they were like, "Oh yeah, let's go to Jamaica," and then realised how much it cost, and we're like, "We'll yeah. just do, we'll just do one episode in there, and then we can <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, who's your, who's your favourite character in the series? Uh, Sully, mm. followed by Modi, and then Jamie, maybe. I would agree with that yeah. I, my favourite probably my favourite line of the whole series and I don't know why is when just it's just after Sally um, got attacked at the um, at the funeral um, and he's coming and basically telling Deshane what's happened and then he's like telling Deshane and he's bare hyped and Deshane's just like really calm and he's like hold on why are you as angry as I am yeah <laughs> it's like who's he I'll be riding out immediately and I was like oh man I felt that I felt that <laughs> Because uh, the Shane, at the end of the day, she, like Sully's completely right. Shane only cares about himself. Like, yeah, he's the most selfish character on the entire in the entire show. Yeah, definitely. I also not feel very, like this point, not very likable. I also feel like um, Little Sims' character was far too accepting of his gangster lifestyle. In it. In Considering it. she's like like proper, she's got a job, she's got a daughter, she's looking after yeah. his mum, and she yeah. was sort of like you know sort of anti it, and then. You know, she sort of called him out for almost stealing from his mum. And then she's sort yeah. of like, oh, you kill people? Oh, fair enough. You know, exactly. you do what you got to do, mate. Like, nah, that didn't ring too true to me. But um... Do you think um, Do you think anything's going to come of... So you know the fact that um, Jack's sister was basically inadvertently snitching on everyone and giving them information on where, like, um, Sally was and stuff like that. And mm. Shane said, oh, yeah, you know, I have to tell him, blah, 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 blah. But we don't actually see him tell him. So, do you think that he's just going to tell him off screen, or do you think that he's just going to keep it to himself and that will eventually come out later? I think it will maybe come out if he wants, like, to undermine Jack. Right. Because the, he, there must be a reason why he didn't tell Sully because Sully was being too kind of cool with Jack for yeah. him to know. Because even though Sully's sort of changing his ways, he's still very much like. That was an attempt on his life. Like you saw yeah. what he did to the guy that, um, you know, set fire to the house that ended up killing Jason. Like he beat him yeah. to within an inch of his life. So he wouldn't have let up on Jack's sister, mm. um, or Jack either. So, yeah, I think that will probably come back to make more conflict between Sully and Deshane because Sully will be like, "Fucking hell, you've known this for 
yeah. ages and you didn't tell me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really hope there's another series. Same. Um, yeah. Also, um, shocked to find out that the guy who wrote it is a middle-aged Irish man. Yeah. Yeah, mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because, well, but he does say that the actors kind of ad lib to make it mm. a bit more authentic. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, hey, you know, <laughs> you don't necessarily need to be part of that lifestyle to be able to write I guess, it. I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll watch it again. Oh yeah, I'm so glad I rewatched series one and two as well. Yeah, I think I need. I should have. I should have. Do you want to talk about any other series? Is uh, is um, there, aren't we building up towards Crisis on Infinite Earths? We are, but I'm going to give it... I'm not entirely sure where the seasons are going at the minute, so I'm going to wait a little bit and before I give you like a little recap of where we are. All I will tell you is that um, I think we're about two or three episodes into the season. They've all been okay to slightly not great. Apart from Arrow, the first episode of Arrow, she's saying it was sick. Um, I, I heard that Supergirl and Batgirl, Batwoman's ratings have gone plummeting. I heard that Batgirl was shit. I watched, <laughs> I watched the first episode, um, and it wasn't great. <laughs> I, I can understand why people really didn't like it. I haven't watched the second episode or the third episode yet, but yeah, I can understand why people weren't really on it because it's not. It seems all seems a bit forced. If I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, probably. I've seen the guy. They're doing a spin-off of the, of the Arrow, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm not going to watch that, man. That's gonna be fucking boring. You definitely are. Don't lie, mate. Don't lie. Ah, oh, it's gonna be so boring. It's like the, for, the, for the um, like this this the uh, sirens or whatever. It's gonna be dead. Canaries, canaries. Canaries. That's the one. Canaries. Yeah, it's gonna be dead. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty dead. I'm not gonna lie. Isn't one of the legends of tomorrow people called Canary? Uh, yeah, yeah, white canary. Yeah, yeah. There's two of them. Oh. There's the black canary and the white canary. Oh, black and white, good and evil. Um. I'll, I'll tell you what, Obes, did you, or I'm both of you actually, did you hear about um, the last episode of Power? No. What do you mean? Apparently it might not be, apparently it might not be aired. Why? Because apparently it's, whatever channel it's on originally, I can't remember what channel it's on. Oh. That channel, yeah, that's been dropped. That channel. Oh. I can't imagine they're going to go through six and a series to then not show the last episode. Well, 50 Cent <clears> isn't on the back on Twitter apparently, so I don't know if I've misread something. Fifty Cent said also the mid, This is also the mid-season finale. It's not the final episode of. Oh. They're, oh. they're continuing like five more episodes, in, or they're supposed to be. I don't know after what you're saying. I'm not sure, but they're supposed to be another like five episodes in 2020. Uh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. All oh, right. Is it improving? Because last time we spoke over, you said it. Started shit, but it's got a little bit better. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm, at this minute I'm pretty high on power. I would say I think the last yeah, episode is pretty good. It's, it's, it's on an upward slope, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, about time. Mm. So Flooring it back towards the end. What else have you guys watched? Anything worth noting? Um, um, I watched. I'll go. No, no, you go. I was actually just. To think, so you You're clearly in a supermarket, Chris. I am indeed. I watched um, I watched far- a film called Farming yesterday. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about it because I'm not gonna lie, it's, cu- it's quite difficult to watch. Um, 
it's basically it's about so in the 60s and 70s in in and around london in, um, a lot of african specifically nigerian families would have children and then have them fostered out to white families whilst they continue their studies or they have to go back to nigeria and, and money and stuff like that and basically it's films about that and it's based on a true story um it's you know the guy who i doubt you know but he voices um, Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Yeah, oh, I, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because <laughs> I would butcher it, but I know who you mean. But yeah, that guy, it's based on his life, basically, and he wrote oh, and directed okay. the film. Um, and basically, it's about um, a young boy called who grows up um, in um, white family, along with his foster brothers and sisters. Some of them are related to him, some of them are about Chris, can you mute your mic, please? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably about seven or eight of them. And um, basically, he he's a really shy po- shy boy. Doesn't really have many friends. Um, he's growing up in Tilbury, which I believe is in Essex, in so the nineteen seventies. So like, there's loads of races. Racism's rife. They got like Britain first, National Front, all that stuff. Um, and he grows up to to about eight years old. At, w- at which point, his parents arrive. His re- his real parents arrive and take him back to Nigeria. So he gets back to Nigeria, doesn't know the language, doesn't know the culture, the customs, or anything like that. So again, he struggles to fit in there as well. He starts acting out in school. Um, he basically becomes afraid of his own, of like black people, of his own people. Okay. Um, so he set, they send him back to Tilbury, and like um, he gets to, he looks himself, like he's looking himself in the mirror, and he's like trying to scrub his skin, to, so because obviously he doesn't, he doesn't want to be black, basically. And you can tell like he, this kid like hates himself and hates like his people um so then he goes to school and he like rubs talcum powder on his face to make himself look white and then obviously the kids there are still like laughing and making fun of him like being racist and stuff like that and like i'm not gonna lie it's at points like as a black as a obviously it's probably tough to watch as a white person but as a black person it's really tough to watch at times like the self-hate kind of thing aspect of it yeah um and basically he grows up he's about 16 years old um he is subjected to a lot of racist abuse he also abuses, there's this um, uh, teacher who's mixed race who he also abuses, calls her a, uh, I think calls her a black bastard or something like that. Um, so like he hates himself, he hates other black people, he hates white people, he doesn't really know where to fit in. And then he, he gets confronted by these um, these skinheads, like the, um, you know, like the people in This Is England. Like them yeah. Um, he gets confronted by these skinheads. Um, they basically abuse him, they beat him up, they spray paint him and they like, they spray paint him against a wall which says keep Britain white and they spray paint him white and stuff like that and loads of stuff like that. And That's basically they physically <laughs> abuse him to the point where I think they kind of just like broke him mentally and like brainwashed him. So then he, they just kind of like treat him like a pet, like a dog. And then he just kind of like follows them around and stuff. And he kind of like wants to become one of them. And he basically like becomes a skinhead. Um, he, he, um, he carves the letters um, "Black See You Next Tuesday" into his into his fingers and shit like that. And oh man, like honestly, it is fucking tough to watch at times. And, and this like, is is this actually what happened to the actor, or is it kind of? I'm dramatized? not sure. I'm not sure. It's based on true story, so I imagine some aspects of it are true, and some are, some of it is exaggerated. Okay. So I'm not sure, but um, yeah, man, uh, yeah, it is. It's really tough to watch, and um, it kind of just follows him trying to get acceptance from these skinheads even though um they clearly still hate him like they're calling him the c-word and you know and like just being racist and stuff like that and he just basically tries to become one of them 
gets himself into loads of fights and trouble when he starts fighting the police he fights his own his real parents come and try to help him and then he heads but he headbutts his dad and stuff like that and yeah he goes to prison um when he realizes that these people don't care about him is basically when they get into like a, a gang versus gang fight so it was like a tilbury skinheads versus the gray skinheads and then <laughs> the tilbury guys let him go in and fight all of the grays and get himself beaten up and then he goes and says oh you got you let them attack me blah 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 and they're basically like yeah obviously we don't give a fuck about you we don't give a fuck about black people so yeah fuck off and he goes to try and kill himself and then he fails to, he he fails in killing himself and then um he's like in the hospital and he's like a broken character and then the teacher from earlier comes up and basically helps him to overcome his his um, mental health issues um and he, in the end he ends up getting himself a master's degree in law which is great but um, it takes, takes us a long time to get there. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> is it a long film? It's, no, it's only an hour 40, but I was watching thinking, oh my God, can we get to like the retribution part of this Yeah, film? that's tough. That oh, is tough. Man. It's horrible. Oh, bloody hell. It's a good um, film. Th- it's horrible to watch. Does it give you any sort of like, you know, when films are based on true stories and it will show you pictures of the real person sort of thing? Yeah. Does it do that? It does, yeah. At the end, yeah, it does. Okay. And it kind and of it- shows... It also shows that loads of pictures of um, other people who. So basically, they called this this um, thing where um, parents, black parents, would um, foster out their children. They called it farming, um, okay. and basically, the white parents did it because they would get like um, they get money basically for each child that they foster, and they get tax credits and all stuff like that. That's why they did it. And basically, at the end, it sh- just like showed loads of pictures of people who were fostered and where they went to, like Portsmouth and Bristol and loads of places in and around England. And basically, it was kind of like a show of like. This used to happen loads, like all, all the time. Mm. And um, obviously it kind of showed a fault in the system because the white parents, would they would be fostered. Like, the woman who was, um, the kid's called Ellie, by the way, his mum in this film, she's got about eight or nine children and she can't really keep up and she doesn't really care for them all that much. So yeah. kind of shows a fault in the system in, in that sense. And also a fault in the system, in my opinion, of the Nigerian parents where they just kind of like left their child they didn't really visit him that often. And then they kind of, eight years later, they just come and te- pluck him from where all he knows, take him to yeah. Nigeria, where a place where he's foreign, doesn't know the language, doesn't know the people, doesn't know anything. And then they expect him to just assimilate and just to get it eventually. And obviously he doesn't, which in effect has a part in how he turns out in, in the film. That's um, true. But yeah. But So being a second generation Nigerian, mm-hmm. can you see any sort of minor parallels to obviously you grew up in a predominantly white area you go back to Nigeria regularly but you know how do you feel that you connect with people like your cousins and that who are born and bred in Nigeria do you see any like parallels do you think like things have changed positively or um I do think things have changed quite positively I do think that in Nigeria they have moved quite uh they have they're more accustomed to Western culture now. Obviously, okay. it's not all quite um, the same. There is there is still quite a big culture difference, but it's not as bad as it was um, back in the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. Lucky for me, obviously, I wasn't subjected to any of that sort of, you know, that foster care stuff, thankfully. Yeah. Um, that's not something I can really relate to. Obviously, I can relate to growing up in a predominantly white area. Um, I haven't, thankfully, been subjected to that sort of overt racism that he was in the film, thank God. Um, yeah. so that's not something I can particularly relate to um, I can kind of um, 
I can kind of relate to the thing of like not feeling, not at times not feeling like you belong somewhere, um, right. in two different, in two different like air, like so with this character any he didn't feel like he belonged in Tilbury really because he was surrounded by like loads of white people and he didn't really feel like he belonged in Nigeria because to them he's you know he's an English boy like they don't really they don't get him he doesn't get them so. There's like a sense of loneliness there, which I can kind of, I kind of relate to in a sense. Um, yeah. So he, with any, he kind of coped with it by having imaginary friends. So he used to like kind of like play behind a sofa and you know like um, talk to himself and stuff like that. So that was his kind of like escape sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that made that that with that I was like, oh man, that's really like I hit hit me in the heart kind of thing because like you could tell like he's so fucking lonely, like he's not gonna he's got not not really got anyone he can relate to. And I was like, ah oh, shit, man. But yeah, that's tough. Um, but yeah, it's a good film. But yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty depressing. So one of those that you need to watch like a comedy film afterwards or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a show um, on Netflix called Unbelievable, which I'm watching. I've got one more episode. Um, I think Chris seen that. That's it's about um, a well. It starts off with a young girl being raped. Um, and there's a specific kind of MO the attacker uses. Um, and uh, so the first episode is set in 2008. It's based on true story. Um, but she, so she goes to the police and they just like bomb, like the, the police are all blokes, by the way. And they're all like, like just asking loads of questions. And she sort of confuses. No, the, thing, the thing that gets me, the thing that gets me is the repetitiveness. Yeah. So, like, they, she has to tell it to one person. Then she has to say the same thing to, like, multiple other people. But because she's so, like, overwhelmed, she gets a couple of things kind of wrong or she contradicts herself. And so this makes the police think that she's lying. So they basically manipulate her into basically saying that she, she did made it make up. it up. Yeah. And then, yes. Uh, and then they're like, okay, well, we've made it up. That's fine. And they actually, their manner changes. And they're a bit like, yeah, okay, cool. They're a bit nicer to her. But then she sort of then says, no, do you know what? I, I, it did happen. Um, and then they're like, look, are you wasting our time? And then she's like, oh, maybe it was a dream and whatever. Um, and so you're sort of a bit like, okay, well, maybe she's an unreliable narrator. Um, you get really, the thing is, you get really frustrated for her. One, because like the way they talk to her, she feels like she can't say what she wants to say. But at the same time, you want her to just say it. And be yeah. Like, it did happen. That's yeah. And, and like yeah it's... and also the, the her her support network around her also don't really then believe her so they do initially but then when she sort of says oh i, I lied then they sort step mum isn't it, or is it yeah like... two don't... foster mums yeah and they then they sort of turn on her a little bit um and... one of them, does one, doesn't one of them go to the police and say, says sometimes she likes to make things up yeah that sort of, sort of compounds it but um but then the second episode is set three years later and a very similar attack happens to someone else and then the rest of the series is sort of like you're seeing the first girl struggles like she gets fired from her job um because like everything is just sort of going wrong around her and she's still dealing with the fact that she was attacked but no one believes her um and now that she's sort of come out and said that she's lied about it she can't now go back again um, and she ends up getting charged for filing a false police report. Um, but then at the same time, 
in kind of 2011, which is three years later, the police are now finding other similar cases and actually getting close to catching this guy. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to say too much more. I've, I've still got one episode left, but um, it's sort of getting to a point where, you know, she might actually get some closure. Um, and the fact that it's based on a true story, I hope she does. Um, but it, it sort of, it is a tough watch, but it's also like, you know, with the whole kind of Me Too thing, like people feeling they can come out, but then people either not believing them or saying like, oh, why didn't you say it's earlier? Or, you know, it's sort of, and a lot of the episodes are either written or directed by women, which I think is important um, because it's sort of like they can maybe be a bit more sensitive about how they portray it um, as opposed to a man. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really highlighting the way that it's quite easy for maybe women to think it's easier for them to pretend it didn't happen and not call people out about it because the system itself doesn't isn't conducive to them being open so yeah but again that's quite heavy and so yeah. i often uh pair it with a slightly light-hearted mm. episode or something yeah anyone else want to mention anything i don't think so chris uh I've watched loads, to be honest with you, mate. Uh, so I don't think there's enough time in the day to talk about it. Anything uh, that stood out was really good? Well, I watched that show that Obi said about. Um, uh, oh, Saint Dion. Uh, Raising Dion. Raising Dion. I thought it was a very good show. Uh, pretty pretty much the exact same thoughts as Obi, really. Um, although I was expecting something to happen. But a twist. And I didn't really... I didn't get it, but I got it, I got it before it happened. But I didn't get it at the beginning. And, Were you uh, sat because Obi said it was quite a good twist? So you? I thought it was a good twist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was a very good twist. Okay. Uh, well, if you both recommend it, I'll try and start. It. Just I, 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 I stress that the kid is not the greatest actor. <laughs> <laughs> so besides that, it's pretty good. And yeah, well, I pretty much stole it in the previous one, so I don't think there's much more to say about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. What's what's coming out that people are going to try and see? Uh, well, end of the fucking world season two. Yeah, did we need a series two? No, probably not. I'm still going to watch it, but no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I watched um, sixty days inside. I think that's what it's called. Or sixty oh. days. It's where regular people go in into prison for sixty days. Why? In mad people, because this cop, the, the police, the head of the. Police, um, the head of the uh, prison uh, needed to find out where the source of drugs was coming from, so he invited regular people into the system. Bloody hell. And yeah, at the end of the show, I realised that one guy they put in was an absolute lunatic anyway. <laughs> one. Uh, and then one lady was very moody, one lady was very hypocritical, and then the other lady... Oh, the other lady was uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. She did a oh. really good job, actually. But she got she got hated on by one of the... So basically, none of them knew each other were people part of the programme. Okay. But the two other ladies actually got really angry with <clears throat> Muhammad Ali's daughter because she drew this picture. And at a really funny angle, it looks like 
there's a foot on the American flag, and one of the ladies was getting very annoyed by it. By it. <laughs> and then they later found out that they were all part of the program, and it's like, oh. Uh, is it a documentary series then? It's not like a. Just like a. Fiction. It's like an eight episode series. It's okay. a real series. Yeah, it's not, not fiction. The no American patriotism pisses me off. Like, there's apparently an IKEA opened in um, the US somewhere, and the Swedish flag was higher than the American flag, and everyone kicked off about it. It's <laughs> a fucking flag. Get over it. There's bigger problems in your fucking country than where your flag ranks. Or wasn't it the first? It's like first time in since 1988 that someone hasn't been shot on a weekend in some state in America or something. Really? That's nice. Well, let me find the thing. Blimey. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, their president um, said yesterday that he can't wait for the wall to span Texas, Missouri, and Colorado. And Colorado is a few hundred miles away from the Mexican border. <laughs> but hey-ho, he's, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, according to a lot of them. Sure. Oh, not. forget forget what I said. The article I read the article I read today was from 2018, so uh, yeah. But I want to go and watch Doctor Sleep, which comes out on Halloween. That horror film. Yes, it's the sequel to The Shining. Oh, I knew oh. it was because you McGregor definitely says something about Shining in the in the uh, yeah. in the trailer. Also, yeah, it... just throwing it out there. Don't go and see Joker again for a, a bit of time because it's really not good the second time around. Really? I I think personally. Let's unpack that a bit then. Why is it not as good the second time? Because all the shocking moments are a bit like I don't know. You I know just, they're coming. Yeah, kind of. And like all the all the twists of him being a bit like is it all like a dream at the end where he's like imagined it all. It's kind of like Oh, yeah. He's imagined it all. Bit, bit shit. But did you pick up on anything different? Maybe like... Uh, I, I noticed that the clocks were all um, at the same time, which I did find quite strange, actually. Um, and what was the other thing I picked up on? Well, I can't remember now. I, you... I, 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 I was so tired when watching it. I fell asleep at the bit where he shoots three people as well. <laughs> I was Fair like, right. oh my. But, yeah, it's still a good film. I just don't know if it's as good as some people are making it out to be. What about Star Wars? So there was a new trailer out. Oh, um, God. I think the first trailer's better than the second trailer. I agreed. To be honest, I think this is probably going to be one of the better films. Yeah. I just hope they actually conclude it. I hope they yeah. don't just repeat the third one in the last trilogy again. Just well, they the repeated the first. They basically remade number five as number seven. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Or no, number four, sorry. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not too bothered about them, but I will go and see it. Um, there was a small suggestion that Ray goes to the dark side. I just want to find out who she really is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Don't know. Then it won't be long until they start the new trilogy. Yeah, isn't Kevin Feige leading all that? Or supposedly. Yeah. Uh, 
That guy's chewing off, biting off a bit more than he can chew, I think. Mm. His work-life balance must be atrocious. Or maybe he's cloned himself. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised you. I actually wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, I am... Um, the, the new series of The Purge came out, uh, started coming out last week. <sighs> Is it any good? It's alright. It's a different take on it. Because the last one was like people out in the purge and different stories and then it all kind of like comes together and the first episode in this one is that the purge has just ended and it's it's this office of people and they're like there to look after the bank and they basically the bank can get obviously robbed during the purge but as soon as the siren rings they the person who's robbing it has to be out otherwise they can get, get like sued and they, oh. they just catch someone by like a toe and so like that's started off and then this other guy was getting like hunted during the purge but the person never got him and he's like who the fuck's hunting me like now he's now he's going to start that kind of adventure to see who who's going after him and another guy got another guy was with his mate and then I can't remember how oh some girl was like nearly dead on the floor and so they, one of them went into this room and it closed, and the other one was outside it. And the other guy just like was like, "I'm sorry, mate, I've got to leave you. The purge is like nearly over. Got to go." And so the other guy basically kills this, uh, brutally murders this man in order to save his own life. It was like, whoa. Mm. So it is interesting. I think purge is definitely the sort of concept that you can explore a lot more than the films do. So. I find that that quite interesting. Um, oh, we've actually had quite a long one today. I haven't had one this long for a while. So, uh, yeah, true. Lots of good content. So uh, I guess thanks for listening to episode 95. We're close to the century. Um, we're on Twitter at YSC Podcast 17 Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that jazz under your average critics. Tune in next time. Yeah.